0: You're now listening to the Fantasy Filler Podcast, where we put you in the driver's seat every week, all year long. In the NASCAR racing world, from top news stories, latest results, and best fantasy lineups, we'll have you up to speed and out in front before the drop of the green flag. So let's dive in with our host vanilla wafers we just got done with the 16th race weekend of the 2023 season and in the 16th weekend we had the 15th points paying race at gateway better known as worldwide technology raceway with the truck series also racing at the same track the Xfinity Series was out on the West Coast as they were racing at Portland International Raceway with an exciting race all around there. We'll be talking about all three of those races, their final results, and the biggest takeaways. That plus more in today's episode of the Fantasy Filler Podcast. Hopefully you guys were able to watch a couple of these races because we actually had some real fun races for both Worldwide Technology Raceway And also at Portland International Raceway. Portland was uh, personally my favorite. I really did enjoy that race. But Worldwide Technology Raceway definitely stood out on its own for multiple reasons. One being, this is the biggest one, was that even though it was a 300-mile race for the Cup Series, it still felt like one of the longest races of the season due to weather problems, due to technical difficulties, Due to multiple cautions for many different reasons, especially there at the end. One of the biggest, most talked about things was the brake rotors failing. And don't worry, we will make sure to talk about that definitely as that does bring a concern to the NASCAR racing community. But it was also really fun racing. You could not predict who was going to win in any of these races. Even the truck series race, you you did not know who was going to be dominant there at the end. And overall, just a really, really fun weekend. Hats ups, hats downs. And I figured in today's episode, we will talk about all of them and who were the biggest winners and who were the biggest losers, as well as our fancy picks, because some of them absolutely delivered, while some just 100% let us down. And there was really no in-between with any of our picks. It was absolutely crazy. I kept going back and forth from our 15 picks and thinking to myself, wow, either people are going to be really, really happy with the people we talked about, or they're going to be pissed, because (laughs) some of the drivers we had as top picks absolutely dominated and then we had drivers that were top picks that didn't do a damn thing same thing with the mid-tier and the take a gamble they were definitely gambles because they either paid off or they didn't pay off at all so lots to talk about so i think the first thing we're going to cover is going to be the first race of the weekend and of course that's going to be the tra- uh, craftsman truck series race the 12th race of the 2023 season without further ado let's dive into the final results for the toyota 200 at worldwide technology raceway All right, so in this truck race, we had a total of 35 trucks on the entry list. There were multiple trucks that were originally on the entry list, but uh, quite a few of them withdrew to the point where we couldn't even have a full roster. I think this is the first race this season where the truck series was not able to get to 36 trucks, so pretty interesting there. Some notable entries here on this entry list include the number 95 of Clay Greenfield. That is a brand new team, so great to see them come into the sport midway through the season you had the number 66 machine making a return with connor jones you also had norm benning only running a part-time schedule but since there was not enough trucks to fill in he decided to put himself on the entry list paid off he was able to run in the main event uh tony uh breidinger was able to run in the number one machine the biggest name however involves the number 11 now Corey heim did not race in this race yeah apparently he was dealing with some health issues so he sat out this race and and Jesse Love, one of the best-performing drivers down in the Arca Series, took over the ride, and he did a pretty damn good job. We will talk about him in a bit, but he was a substitute driver in that number 11 truck, and I, I don't know what was going on with Corey Heim. Hopefully, we see him back in the truck um, when they return back in Nashville, but uh, great opportunity for Jesse Love for sure here in this race. We had a total of... 11 cautions for 61 laps, so it was definitely a caution-driven race. And 11 lead changes amongst four different drivers. And that number does look a little bit low, but let me tell you, there was actually quite a few people who had an opportunity to win this race. Uh, Christian Eckes, Matty Bandetto, Ben rhodes all drivers at one point that were running up front did not lead any laps. So you could have thrown seven trucks for an opportunity to win this race. In the end, though, the one that was able to collect the victory was Grant Infinger in the number 23 machine for GMS Racing has had himself a great performance here at the very beginning he was very strong right there in the middle of the race he had some strong points and there at the end he was there when it mattered the most and what I mean by that was he was running in the third position when the two leaders took themselves out we will talk about those two trucks in just a moment but It was just a great performance by the GMS racing team. Grant Enfinger definitely gets some momentum in the right direction. Beginning of the year, they were definitely uncertain on how their performance was going, but definitely have changed um, a complete 180 from the beginning of the season. Now with another victory, so they are feeling really comfortable, having great momentum, and... It may not seem like it, but there's only five or four races left in the regular season for the truck series. They take a lot of weeks off here during the summer stretch. So these guys have a lot of momentum going really close towards the playoffs. So great job by Grant Infinger and great job by GMS Racing. Let's go through the rest of the top five. Finishing second was the number 19 of Christian Eckes. Finishing third was the number 52 of Stuart Friesen. In the fourth spot was the number 42 of Carson Hosefar, And running out of the top five was the number four of Chase Purdy. Uh, Biggest name to pop out to me on this one was Chase Purdy. I mean, he needed a good finish. He's been struggling here lately. So for him to be able to get that four truck inside the top five, great performance, stayed out of trouble for the most part. So a well-deserved finish for that team, especially after the struggle we've seen with them the past few weeks. Josefar with another solid run. Uh, He started in fourth and he finished fourth. Um, There were some points when he was running outside the top 10, but he was able to finish up front when it mattered the most. I wouldn't say he was one of the drivers that beat he wasn't really in that mix, but he was still able to get a solid finish, and that's very important for a driver who we felt like has been very inconsistent, very chaotic. Um, getting these solid finishes is going to be truly important on his advancement into the later series, and he had a huge opportunity that we will talk about here in a bit during the Cup Series race. Stuart Friesen at third. Yeah, I mean, he was able to win stage two, getting a playoff point. That's always very important. And also to get that many points towards the heading into the playoffs. Uh, he's right there around the cut line. So for him to get that stage win meant a lot for that team. And for them to lead 10 laps. Hey, you know what? Steps in the right direction for this team. They struggled a little bit earlier in the season, just like Grant Infinger. But slowly but surely making steps in the right direction. And then Christian Ekes, he's, he's one of the top four truck series drivers here this season. I will be very surprised if he doesn't make it into the championship four. The team has just been running solid. McNally racing has just been stellar with both their trucks because Jake Garcia, their rookie, yes, he's a little bit more inconsistent than Christian Eckes. He's been running around the top 10 as well. He finished 10th in this race. If there was an award to give for the most improved team from last year, it's definitely going to the 19 and 35 truck team because Man, just leaps and bounds better than what they were last year. Here's the rest of the top 10. Um, In the sixth spot was number 25 of Matt DiBenedetto. Again, another solid run for this team. They now put themselves inside the playoff standings. Of course, there's still a few more races to go. The 99 of Ben Rhodes had himself a pretty decent run. He was definitely a top five truck for the first half of the race and then fell off just a tiny bit. Still... Decent run for Thor Sports. And then the top finishing rookie was the number two of Nick Sanchez. Nick Sanchez had himself a really good run there in the middle of the race and then got up, got caught up in some controversy as he took out Haley Deegan right there in the middle of the race. Uh, to be exact, it was lap 86. So definitely a kind of a bad move on Nick Sanchez's part. And the only reason I say that is because he kept pushing her into turns three and four. Now, now I get it. You're trying to make up as many positions as possible. And the way that Worldwide Technology Raceway is set up, those are super long straightaways. So draft really matters. If you lose your momentum going into those turns, it's going to be a rough run for you. And he could have lost four positions. So I understand that. With that being said, it was lap 86. It wasn't the final lap, which was lap 160. Well, in this case, it was lap 162 because of overtime. But there's a point when you run really aggressive and when you're just like, okay, let's back off a little bit and let's uh, let's sacrifice a few positions is better than to make enemies. Some of these rookies are just going to have to figure that out. And Haley Deegan's not innocent either. Haley Deegan's been caught up in some multiple incidents as well. And she's been getting the raw end of every deal. So she's really got to change things around too because again, another finish outside the top 30. And that's pretty unacceptable for Thor Sport Racing. Hopefully she can make some improvements. But once again... Finishing outside the top 30 and ending with a DNF. Finishing ninth was the number 11 of Jesse Love making his debut. Great performance. I I think he could have finished in the top five easily. Just had a bad restart there when it mattered the most on the final restart. I think he was right around in the fifth or fourth position and then just lost positions left and right. So that was unfortunate, but still a top 10 finish. That's what this team needed. So great job for him. And then some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 10. Remember Jake Garcia in the 35 finished 10th was Daniel Dye in the number 43, finishing 11th. Also a good run for the number 32 of Brett Holmes, who got into an accident on lap number one, still able to recover to finish 14th. And then also Matt Mills in number 20, able to get that truck in for another top 20 finish. The only reason why I bring up that truck specifically is because that truck has been on a pretty consistent run. Doesn't matter who's in that car. Kyle Weatherman uh, did really good in that truck. I know I said car just a second ago. My apologies on that. And now you get Matt Mills finishing in the top 20 as well. This team absolutely needs it. They've been kind of struggling here this year. So, good run for the 20 team. Now, let's talk about some drivers who did not have themselves a good weekend. Uh, Zane Smith in the number 38 and the number 98 of Ty Majeski unfortunately had themselves bad finishes at the very end, where Zane Smith finished 20th and Ty Majeski was out on lap number 155, finishing 30th. This was just people racing as hard as they could there at the very end because these guys were running first and second just great runs by the both of them but one thing that we kept noticing here on the racetrack was there was a lot of people on the inside row that kept pushing their trucks up a little bit to the limit and this was the case the time and Jessica got in too hot took himself out as well as the number 38 machine and ends with a dnf that's just a driver being super hungry at the same time though ah, I, I don't know I really don't know. This almost reminds me of Ross Chastain over at Darlington. You, you try to push it to the edge because you see the victory right there, and you know you got to be able to pass him. I mean, if you don't, unfortunately, you run out of time. And this was one of those situations. So he was able to finish second in both the stages, but unfortunately, that's not going to add up to much. Only 25 points. And him finishing 30th, luckily he has a big gap between him and the cutoff line, so I'm not really concerned about that. It was just a bummer. He was trying to get a victory there in that 98 machine, and it just didn't pan out for him. And Zane Smith was just an innocent bystander running in the first position. That's another race where Zane Smith was that close to getting a victory this year, and it just got taken away from him. And... For him to finish 20th, at least he was able to recover and do that because that truck was pretty damaged, but still a heartbreaker for both those drivers. Matt Crafton, unfortunately, was not able to finish on the lead lap. He had himself a decent run in the first half, and then uh, things just kind of fell apart real quickly. He finished his 25th. Chris Hacker in the zero two 2 probably had one of the worst races I have seen in quite a while. I like Chris Hacker a lot, but he was involved in multiple incidents spun around a couple times. It was just not a good showing for him. But the biggest loser here this weekend was the driver who finished in the last position, the number 95 of Clay Greenfield. Now, I know this is a small team. I know this is their first ever event. But they unfortunately got caught up in an accident on lap number one. They weren't even credited with completing the lap. And that truck was pretty damaged. Now, I'm hoping that they have another truck ready for Nashville. But if that's their only truck, I'm I'm a little concerned for this team. And what a heartbreaker. You know, Clay Greenfield, he hardly runs any races nowadays. And now he gets an opportunity, and bam, that truck is gone. Now with just four races to go here in the regular season, here are the drivers that are currently locked into the playoffs. We'll first start off with the drivers with two victories each. We got Grant Infinger in the number 23, Zane Smith in the number 38, and Christian Eckes in the number 19. The other drivers who have victories who should be locked in are the number 11 of Corey Heim. Uh, now I say that, I'm hoping that we a, uh, we're able to see him come back from the Nashville race. And hopefully he's able to get a waiver because everyone else gets a waiver. Why shouldn't he? Uh, that'll be pretty interesting to see. But he has a victory. Ben Rhodes in the number 99 has a victory. And Carson Josefar in the number 42 are locked in. And here are the drivers that are currently above the cut line as far as points go. You got Ty Majeski in the number 98. And then you have the number 88 of Matt Crafton. The number 52 is Stuart Friesen. And in the final spot, we have the number 25 of Matt DiBenedetto. He currently sits seven points above the cut line with Tanner Gray on the outside looking in in 11th. And then Nick Sanchez right behind 11 points behind Matt DiBenedetto in the 12th spot. And then Chase Purdy, he still has a big gap between him and the 10th place machine of Matt DiBenedetto as he sits 38 points behind the cut line. It's going to be very interesting to see here what happens here in these next few races. I mean, anything can happen. You got road courses in here. You also got an intermediate track. Then there's Pocono, and then the cutoff race will be at Richmond Raceway. So a good variety going down into the summer stretch. With that being said, now let's move on to the X-Fandy Series. They were racing out in Portland, and they put on one hell of a race. So for the 13th race of the season, let's dive into the final results for the Pacific Office Automation 147. All right, so this race was a lot of fun. I I can't wait to dive into this one. We had a total of 38 cars on the entry list, meaning that everyone was able to make it into the main event. Five cautions for 10 laps. Now, that doesn't sound like that many laps at all, but believe me, this is a longer road course, so two laps per caution, yeah, that's pretty expected. And then we had five lead changes amongst four different drivers. In the end, though, with the surprise victory, Kind of almost in a similar situation as Grant Enfinger. The double zero of Cole Custer finally gets a victory here in the x Series for the 2023 season. Locks himself into the playoffs and has a huge victory. His first ever in a road course for the x Series. Great job by Stuart Haas Racing and great job for Cole Custer. Finally pulling through all the adversity that he has been struggling with throughout the first half of the 2023 season. Facing second, the best running uh, car, if not the second best running car, the number seven of Justin Allgaier. He was unfortunately caught up in that incident there in the final restart and what a heartbreaker what an absolute heartbreaker for him he he had that race in the bag everyone else was running into problems except him and then him and the number 48 of Parker Kligerman run into each other going into the first turn and he was not able to recover Cole Custer is able to (laughs) just edge him off ever so slightly they had themselves a really close finish one more lap would have been super interesting to see between these guys but Justin Allgaier Just a really good stretch right now in the last couple weeks. Obviously, he won the race to Charlotte. Could have went back-to-back right here. Just did not happen for him. But I will not be surprised if he is a front runner for the Sonoma race because you know he wants to run a road course really bad. And what a great one to win. It would be the inaugural race. So don't count out Justin Allgaier. It was still an amazing performance. Just unfortunately, a mistake that wasn't really his fault uh, cost him an opportunity to go back-to-back. Here's the rest of the top five. We have the number one of Sam Mayer, the number eight of Josh Berry, and the number 21 of Austin Hill. There's not too much to say about these guys because they really didn't make too much noise, but at the same time, that's kind of a good thing. I mean, Sam Mayer, Josh Berry were able to get their cars inside the top five, and you don't really expect them to be much of really road course racers. Yeah, Josh Berry had himself a good starting position in the third spot, but Sam Mayer, he started at the very back, and for him to finish third, That's that's very impressive. And uh, Junior Motorsports, even though they wanted to get that victory so bad, for them to get their cars in second, third, and fourth, got to be happy about that. Really got to be happy about that. And Austin Hill able to make up ground on John Hunter Niemicek. John Hunter Niemicek had himself a really good car in this race, but he was too chaotic for his own good. Austin Hills, he stayed pretty consistent, and that's going to help him towards his advancement towards the number 20 machine. Actually, now that I think about it, He did not advance. He was able to get a top five finish while John Hunter Nemechek finished 10th, but John Hunter Nemechek overall was able to score four points more than him due to his stage finishes. Hey, I guess still good consistency by Austin Hill. He's proving that he will not um, go all over the place when it matters the most. He's going to be cool, calm, and collective, and he ran around the top 10 throughout the entire race, so good run for him. Here's the rest of the top ten. Myatt Snyder, who's running a part-time schedule, was able to finish sixth. So, good run for him. And then you had Sheldon Creed in the number two finish seventh, who led 47 laps. Sheldon Creed, man. When is he going to get the victory? When is he going to get the victory? When is he going to get the victory? I don't know. But this was another race he had in his hands, and it was kind of taken away from him. Him and John Hearn-Niemicek made contact there in the middle of the race. He was able to get his revenge, so they didn't really fight on pit road afterwards, even though a lot of people thought they were going to. They figured they settled it um, out on the racetrack, so they were good to go, but gosh, man, I mean, how much bad luck can a driver have? Sheldon Creed just has terrible luck. There's just no other way to put it. I mean, how many races can you think of that he was in the mix that could have potentially got the victory and just didn't pan out for him? I can think of uh, f- five off the top of my head, biggest ones being Darlington, and even the Portland race here last year, and then this race here. I, I mean, wh- what what has he got to do? Maybe he, may, maybe he just it gets too antsy. I-, I don't know, but that first victory is always the hardest to get. And here's another perfect example for Sheldon Creed. Finished seventh in a race, a race that he should have won. In the eighth spot, the number 24 of Connor Mosack. Great finish for him in Sam Hunt Racing. Has uh, definitely a solid run for that team. Didn't get any stage points, but for them to finish inside the top 10, they got to be happy about that. Chandler Smith was a top finishing rookie in the number 16 machine and then probably the second best car, but unfortunately he had too much chaoticness in this race himself, was the number twenty. Of John Hunter Nemechek. Now the biggest highlights of this race. Was obviously between Sheldon Creed. And John Hunter Nemechek. But the second biggest highlight. That may turned into the biggest highlight. At the end of the race. Was Chandler Smith and Jeb Burton. Now Chandler Smith was able to finish inside the top 10. So good job for him. But you have the number 27 machine. Of Jeb Burton finishing 25th in this race. When in all reality. He should have finished in the top 15 no problem. This was A big bummer for him because uh, Chandler Smith just kept bumping into him in the first half of the racetrack uh, right there near the end of the race and then finally just punted him. Just punted him. Now Jeb Burton maybe was blocking too much. I I don't know. But at the same time, it was just a very, very aggressive move on Chandler Smith, and it, and it bled on over after the race as Jeb Burton and him made contact with each other, started grabbing each other, and I think Jeb Burton was trying to throw punches, but they didn't really connect too well. And then you had someone put Jeb Burton in a headlock, and then you had uh, uh, Rice, the Colic Racing owner, come over and give Jeb Burton a talking to. Now, they're it seems like they're good buddies. They, they, they have to be, because Jeb Burton used to be Um, with that team when he used to drive the number 10 car but I understand Jeb Burton's frustration at the same time I also understand Chandler Smith Uh, who would have thought though that these would have been the two drivers that would be in the next uh, scuffle on pit road here in the X Fandy series And it didn't end there because on social media, Chandler Smith seems like he's just adding fuel to the fire. So I'm very excited to see what happens here at Sonoma. But that was definitely the biggest highlight was Chandler Smith. He already had himself a rough day, and then he decided to take his anger out on Jeb Burton, and Jeb Burton wasn't going to have it. And unfortunately, he was not able to make a uh, connection at all, a good connection uh, against that number 16 machine um, some drivers who kind of struggled here in this race that we should mention uh, Riley Herps uh, running around inside the top 10 and then unfortunately suffers engine issues ends his day uh, that's another guy who has constant bad luck Daniel Hemrick he also has some issues with his car he finishes 33rd overall in this race just these two drivers Riley Herps and Daniel Hemrick just no luck here this year <laughs> I, I can say, I've been saying about that, that with multiple drivers, but these guys for sure have had some of the worst luck that a team could have in a season and they finished right next to each other in 32nd and 33rd, Sammy Smith, not really a good run. He finished his 30th in this race, got mad at his teammate, him and his teammate were making hard contact there in the middle of the race. He was one of those drivers who got, had the anger, to get the best of him. And unfortunately, he, he he really messed up his car, and he finished thirtieth overall in this race—not the finish that they wanted. Uh, but I think the biggest disappointment, if I had to pick anybody, would be the number ten of Jordan Taylor, because Jordan Taylor—he was running around in the top five for so long in this race, so long, and then he finishes twenty seventh. I mean. That, that's just a bummer. You know, Jordan Taylor has been one of the most exciting drivers that, that they've talked about this season. Coming on into the Cup Series, he raced um, for the number nine team at Coda. That was awesome. Uh, didn't really get the greatest finish that he wanted, but he, he, he had some shiny moments. And then this race, almost the same thing, had some shiny moments, and then it just fell apart. I hope to see him again here in the Xfinity Series. I, I can't remember if this was a one-off deal or if he signed on for another race for the number 10 machine. But for him to finish 27th, I don't know. I, I was pretty bummed out about that. I wanted a good finish for him, and unfortunately, he did not get that. Uh, one driver I forgot to mention who had himself a really good run, but unfortunately, the finish did not uh, show the performance. That was Parker Kligerman. He was the one who got super aggressive there on the final restart that really took away Justin Allgaier's chances. And you can understand that it's kind of similar to Ty Majeski. You know, if he doesn't make that pass right then and there, then he's not going to have an opportunity to. But at the same time, if neither of you are going to make the corner, then what's the point? But still, for him to be able to finish 15th, I'm pretty sure he's going to be another one of those drivers that tries to jump back in the Sonoma race because he showed a really good performance here at portland and it, yes they're completely different road courses but you can definitely tell parker Kligerman can kind of ha- has a bit of an expertise when it comes to those types of racetracks so this race was a blast it, it was so much fun action everywhere and i feel like i only touched on half of it go watch the replays on this one this race was a nine out of ten for me personally i i th- I, I hate that we did not get um, the super stellar finish. Uh, It could have been a way better finish, but unfortunately, Parker Kligerman went way too hard into the corner. Um, Just What what else can you say? It was fun road course racing that I really wish that the next gen car can provide. I don't know if it will or not, but let's, let's hope so here in the Sonoma race. Last year was a bummer and but the Circuit of the Americas did really good, so I don't know. We could be, um, we could have ourselves an exciting race, but here at Portland, it was stellar. Lots of fun, and big congrats to Cole Custer. Now it is time to move on into the main event, the Cup Series race, the 15th race of the season. It's time to dive into the final results for the Enjoy Illinois 300. All right, so in this race, we had only 36 cars on the entry list once again. I don't know when we're going to see the next open entry car. I know we just saw only one at the Coca-Cola 600, which kind of shocked me. Oh, we'll see him at the Chicago street course. Other than that, any other race that's not either a crown jewel event. Or a brand new race, which is a Chicago street course. I don't think we're going to see any more extra cars until then. But uh, 36 cars on the entry list. Uh, Some noticeable driver changes here. We had uh, Corey LaJoy in the number nine machine subbing in for the suspended. uh, Chase Elliott in the number nine. And then you had Carson Josevar driving the number seven machine. We'll talk about his performance there in just a moment. Uh, We had a total of 11 cautions for 67 laps and 10 lead changes amongst five different drivers. In the end, though... Once again, here in the Cup Series, something I've been really enjoying. The driver who won the race was the most deserving driver. He got the pole. He led the most laps, had himself a great running position, and was able to score 59 fantasy points. So hopefully you had him on your fantasy roster. Of course, I'm talking about the number eight of Kyle Busch, third win of the season, and what a stellar performance. This is probably his best performance of the year by far, as he is able to get Richard Childress racing back into victory lane once again for the 2023 season. I mean, this duo has been working so well, so well, and especially the eight machine. I don't know what's going on with Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon's been having himself a really, really rough season, but it's been the complete opposite for Kyle Busch. Now he gets three victories here. He's at the same level as William Byron uh, for the most victories. They're pretty close in points right now. Just what else can you say? It's just been a great run for Kyle Busch, and the last time I saw him run this dominant – was when he was running for a championship and he was able to score that championship. So I will be very, very impressed if he's able to uh, get the championship in the number eight machine. A lot of people, including myself, only thought to themselves, yeah, maybe at most he'll get two victories here this season. I'm not expecting greatness. He's already at three, three, and he's looking to be a championship contender. I mean, well done for this team and well done for Richard Chills racing. Just an absolute step in the right direction. And it's been a long time since we've seen RCR this competitive in the Cup Series. Here's the rest of the top five. We have the number 11 of Denny Hamlin finishing second. Third was the number 22 of Joey Logano. And fourth was the number five of Kyle Larson. And rounding out the top five was the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. Uh, Denny Hamlin was, by all means, probably the third or second best car in this entire race this A really good, consistent running race for him. He was definitely the top Toyota to go with. We thought it was going to be Christopher Bell. Unfortunately, that was just not the case. Denny Hamlin, he he had this racetrack figured out, and he was actually pretty close uh, at a couple points to stealing the victory from the number eight of Kyle Busch. Uh, But Kyle Busch just had such a dominant car. Was not able to lead a single lap here in that number 11s machine, but definitely nothing to frown on because he finished third in both the stages and able to finish second. That's just a really good run for the team and definitely going to get you some momentum going into the summer stretch. Joey Logano finally showing some consistency in a race finishing third. Uh, Joey Logano has been one of those worrisome picks, but we said, you know, let's give him a shot. Let's give him a shot here this week. Weekend, uh, put him as a top pick, and he was a top pick, 44 points. Uh, that I'm pretty happy about that. Um, I think maybe some of us wish that he was able to finish higher in stage two. It, you know, it is what it is. He Those pitch strategies did not quite work out in his favor for him to finish more up front. But still, scoring points in both stages and being able to finish inside the top three, that, that's got to help out uh, Penske a lot because they've been struggling this year. They really have. And for them to get their cards to finish 3rd as well as 6th and 13th, hey, that that's a, that's a small step in the right direction. Next, we have Kyle Busch in the number 5 finishing 4th. Now, I I can't remember which commentator said this, but maybe it was Clint Boyer. I'm not 100% sure. But they said Cliff Daniels and Kyle Larson are like the newer version of Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canales. And I got to agree because Kyle Larson – was not a factor at all in this race. Like, his qualifying was terrible. His practice was terrible. The first half of the race was terrible. Somehow, this man is able to finish fourth. Fourth. Almost could have snuck away with a victory if there wasn't that many restarts. It, It was crazy seeing Kyle Larson be able to run up there. And... He only scored 34 points, so we we did not put him on our fantasy picks, and I still think that this will probably be one of his lower ends. It's crazy to think that even though he was able to finish fourth, but this team has just proved that even during a bad weekend, they're going to be able to finish inside the top five if that doesn't prove to everyone that they are still one of the top championship contenders, then I don't know what's going to. Because, yes, you can have your high points, but it really matters how you run in your low points. This was a low point race for them. They struggled so much in this race, and they were still able to crawl back and finish fifth. Just him and William Byron have both had performances like that. So, I mean, just a great performance for Kyle Larson. They they have nothing to be ashamed of and he's probably going to be a front runner at Sonoma. He's going to be a front runner at Sonoma and with the extra momentum, he's going to be hard to beat. So, great finish for that number 5 team. Even though it's only a fourth place finish and they didn't score many fancy points, still for them to be able to dig back and finish right there, just stellar. Uh, Martin Trex Jr., pretty consistent race, finishing in the fifth position, not a bad run for him. Ryan Blaney, unfortunately, the finish does not show the overall performance because he was really a top two car throughout this entire race. If anyone was going to beat Kyle Busch, for the most part, as far as speed went, it was going to be Ryan Blaney. And unfortunately, the restarts did not work in his favor. He finishes sixth. And that's a bit of a bummer for the team, but you know what? Still showing some really fast cars and 50 uh, stage points or fantasy points overall. It's going to be really good for top picks. He did the third most points, so really good run for him. And here's the rest of the top 10. We got the number 99 of Daniel Suarez, 24 of William Byron, 34 of Michael McDowell, and the number 4 of Kevin Harvick. Man. Okay, we got the gamble right with Michael McDowell. He had himself great pitch strategies and worked out in his favor, but give a shout-out to Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez was on nobody's radar, and if you put him on your fantasy roster, hey, good for you. That was one we completely missed, but he ran around that top 10 that entire race. Entire race. And he's going to be another driver who's going to run really good at Sonoma. The drivers that we feel like are going to be top-tier drivers at Sonoma finished really good in this race, so all of them have great momentum, but I think the biggest improvement... From the last couple of races to this race was Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez has not been really talked about. Trackhouse racing in general hasn't been talked about here in the last couple of races, but great run for Daniel Suarez. Super consistent. It wasn't done on strategies, it was just raw speed and talent, and they got to be super happy about that. Although it's not a top five finish or even a victory. It's still a step in the right direction, and that's what this team needed. William Byron, another great performance for him. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it uh, breaks his top five streak, but even then, he was able to lead 30 laps. He was a contender for the race at one point. Just, unfortunately, a bad setup in near the end of the race cost him that opportunity. Crawled back a little bit. But an 8th place finish, still great run for that 24 team. They are not slowing down yet. They are still not slowing down. And the question is if they're going to slow down at this point because they're not showing it at all. We just talked about Michael McDowell finishing ninth, And then Kevin Harvick, eh, pretty decent run for him. Uh, Nothing to really stand out on, but he was able to get points in both the stages and finish 10th overall. you got to be happy with that. Let's talk about the drivers who disappointed us, first being Christopher Bell. Uh, Christopher Bell, I don't know what went down with him. That that team just did not have a good performance. Them and Ty Gibbs, you know, we were talking about, oh, Martin Trex Jr., Denny Hamlin running really good. Martin Trex Jr., Denny Hamlin. This The second half of the team, nowhere to be found. Like, Christopher Bell finished 11th. That's great and all, but that was his highest running position throughout the entire race. It, w- it was crazy. I expected way more out of him, and now it kind of questions me if I want to keep him inside my fantasy roster for next week. I-, I don't feel too confident with that. I feel like there's going to be some other drivers to go with right now, so definitely a bit of a shocker from the driver who's been one of the most consistent drivers here this season. And then Ty Gibbs, once he fell back there, he never recovered. Never recovered at all in that number 54 machine, and that's, uh, that's frustrating. That's definitely frustrating uh, if you were expecting a great result from him, which I certainly thought. It just didn't, it just didn't happen, and now we're going to have to probably go off of the assumption that if he does not qualify inside the top 10 or finish in the top 10 in the stage, then don't expect him to finish inside the top 10. He needs to have a good first half in order to have a good second half, and unfortunately he was not able to get into a position to get stage points and just fell apart from then on uh, moving forward. Uh, Ross Chastain, I don't know what happened to him. He, He fell off. Uh, the deep end, he was about running at the same level as Daniel Suarez. And then he was another driver who stayed back there and never really recovered. So the number one team, they, they were a big letdown. Hopefully you went with Joey Logano, Ryan Blaine, and Kyle Busch because Christopher Bell and Ross Chastain were not top picks. They weren't even mid-tier picks. They, they were big bummers here in this race. But the biggest bummer, uh, you could give it to Brad Keselowski. But at the same time, he had engine issues. You also could give it to Bubba Wallace, but he unfortunately uh, got caught up in an incident that really wasn't his fault. So those drivers, yes, even though they had some bad finishes, you can't give them too much grief, but you could give grief to the number nine of Corey LaJoy. This was his shot. This was really his shot to run good with some top tier equipment, and he didn't. He did not at all in this race. That he finished 21st, and that was his highest running position. At the very beginning, it was just a tragic situation because he accidentally hit the kill switch, and I made a joke with um, with my friends, you know, uh, Armani and as well as Will. They were on a little bit of a live stream before the lightning strikes happened. I said to uh, to them, I'm like, how does he hit the kill switch? Yes, it's a different car number, but it's the same damn car. It's the next-gen car. How do you make that mistake? Just never recovered. Practice was bad. Qualifying was bad. I don't know if the pressure got to him or what, but he definitely did shock a lot of people in not the good way. Not the good way at all. And, um, you know, he kept saying that he, if he was in good equipment, he would finish higher, and uh, he probably got the best equipment in the game, and they were just not there. So it'll be interesting to see what Corey LaJoy, if he's able to bounce back in that number seven car, but this is probably going to kill his morale a lot hopefully that's not the case but this is a real hard situation to come back from it, just being given this big opportunity and doing nothing with it I, I don't know as far as his future goes I don't think it's in jeopardy or anything I don't think this one race is gonna tell everyone oh he's not gonna make it he's done but it's gonna it's it's gonna kill his momentum that is for sure this team has been having some solid finishes when we shouldn't expect him to be finishing inside the top twenty but he's been able to do so but I don't know if that same confidence is going to be uh, coming for this driver going into the summer stretch. Uh, Alex Bowen was also a bit of a disappointment too. Never really got any stage points. I, I think for now, until he starts getting good finishes, we're going to keep him off because apparently that injury is affecting the number, uh, the driver of the number forty-eight machine. So we'll we'll have to keep him off in the meantime. But I want to talk about one driver here real quick. Unfortunately, he had himself a rough finish. And um, you can throw uh, Bubba Wallace, Noah Gregson, uh, Tyler Reddick, and Carson Hosvar in this mix because all these drivers suffered from uh, brake rotor issues. Uh, (laughs) This track, like I said, is really, really hard on the brakes. you got these uh, big old straightaways and then these um, turns that don't have a lot of banking. So the brakes are really relied on. And unfortunately, some of the brake rotors just did not survive. One being Carson hosafar Now, Carson hosafar man, oh, he was having such a good run. This is why everyone was giving Corey LaJoy so much grief because Corey LaJoy was running back there in 30th while Carson Hosafar at one point was up to 16th. Just a great run for this number seven machine. And unfortunately, he was the first one to suffer a brake rotor issue. It, it's a tragic situation, but you know what? He, he did impress a lot of people. And I would not be surprised if he's running full-time next year in the Xfinity Series. And I'm pretty sure eventually, if he still keeps having those good runs in the Xfinity Series, he could potentially move up to Cup. Now, one of the concerns is something that we've been talking about with him for quite a while. It's been whether or not he can control his anger because he does some pretty crazy things. He does some really crazy things down in the Truck Series. He needs to control that because the talent is certainly there. And he proved it here in this Cup Series race. But definitely, if you make too many of those erratic moves that would be very frowned upon, it could affect your chances. But this is head and shoulders above all those other highlights because just a great run for that seven car before the incident. I I, I wish we could have saw this car to the very end because I really, truly feel like he could have potentially got himself a top 10. I was 100% wrong that he was going to be finishing around 29th because I he, he could have finished 16th or, or 13th even just a great run for him so you got to give credit where credit is due unfortunately though as the biggest story of this weekend was the brake rotors um, y- they talked about it you know maybe they need to change the brake rotors I don't know just really with one race it, you, it's not justifiable to just have one bad race with brake rotors and then say like oh you got to make them steal. Uh, if, if this is going to keep happening in the future, you know, I don't know it, It's just been one race So I, I don't really want to trash the next gen car because the people who were involved in those accidents. Um, they came out Okay, noah gregson had the hardest hit and it knocked the wind out of him That's for sure, but he didn't look injured or anything like that. So thank goodness for that situation As far as the racing went it was still a lot of fun a lot of strategies here, but the coverage was just horrendous some of it their fault, some of it not their fault. I don't know what it is about Fox. It almost makes me feel like those guys do not want to be up there. And it's a shame. I think a lot of people were super excited to see what Clint Boyer could do and it doesn't really show that emotion. And Mike Joy, you can tell that he misses his old buddies, uh, him and Larry Mack as well as D.W., they had themselves a great time up there, and I don't really hear that. Thank goodness for Michael Waltrip and Kenny Wallace bringing a little bit of excitement there because they didn't really have it. Camera work was very shoddy. And then at one point, the the whole coverage just blacked out. apparently there was a massive uh, fiber issue that happened, and it affected not only the coverage, but it also affected MRN radio, and it also affected the communication between the drivers and the crew chiefs. So that was a pretty crazy situation, and it's also very ironic that it happened to a track with technology in the name. (laughs) But So I don't know how much you can complain about that. I mean, don't worry, guys. We got one more week of Fox, and then we move on over to NBC Sports. Um, I'm actually really excited to see them because I I just want some emotion back up in the commentating booth because that's very important in a race. And these guys haven't been really showing it that much. Uh, I mean, I keep seeing the same clip over and over with Clint Boyer and the Daytona 500. That's a perfect example. They just haven't shown that excitement. And and for a race like this, this was a pretty exciting race, and it really felt like that they were not entertained. So I don't know. Overall, I give this race an 8 out of 10. It had its its fun moments. It also had its long moments because of lightning delays, the communication issues, and then the multiple accidents involving the brake rotors. Even then, that caused a red flag due to there being too much debris on the racetrack or sometimes the wall need to be fixed. So absolute chaos here in this race. But in the end, the right guy won. And overall, just a a lot of fun here at Worldwide Technology Raceway. I just got to say this. I'm glad they added it on the schedule that will conclude the final results for today's episode guys thank you so much for listening as far as our fantasy league did you guys killed it you know i i usually say if you score 200 plus points you deserve recognition how about half of our fantasy league scored 200 plus points Are you kidding me, guys? That is unbelievable. Great job to you guys. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to the top three like I always do. And there was a three-way tie for second place. So there's going to be four people who get recognitions. And there were some people who were so close. Some people scored 250, 252, 253 points. I hardly ever see those points. They didn't even finish inside the top three. Crazy. But here's the three-way tie for second. You had redhead 69. That guy, Adrian, and then Choby Race Fan all scored 254 points. But the biggest winner, killing it, was Stuart Haas Racing 14 with 269 points. How would you even do that, Stuart Haas Racing 14? You had to have all the top picks. You probably had Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin, uh, Joey Logano, and maybe Martin Trex Jr. I- I'm trying to think of the top five. And then you had all your featured matchups correct. That stellar, stellar finish for you, good sir, because you just absolutely killed it here. 269 points, never seen that before. And for our top three overall in the league, we got Hebrew Hammer still holding up front with 2,922 points, but Redhead 69 and WV Chase Fan 9 are still right there in that mix, as Redhead 69 is only 30 points behind. If you want to join our fantasy league, you can do so at fantasygames.nascar.com and look up League NASCAR Fantasy Fielder League. For your opportunity to finish inside the top three, you will get a mention on both the podcast episode as well as TikTok in NASCAR Therapy. And if you want to follow me on social media just look up vanilla wafers 44 on tiktok youtube and twitter as all of it is nascar related all of it a lot of fun content youtube should be getting a bigger video up within the next 24 hours i hope so so i'm pretty excited to share that one with you guys and then i've also started an instagram if you don't like tiktok at all that's perfectly fine because i got an instagram that's posting the similar videos and maybe some own its own unique stuff Um, you just got to check that out at vanilla wafers 33 we're only at i think 13 followers, but the fact we got 13 followers already, already makes me super happy. So thank you guys so much. Uh, biggest thing though was 10,000 followers on TikTok, guys. Thank you so much. I, I do appreciate every single one of you. And I can't believe we hit that number. It all started with this podcast. It started with this podcast. And then I decided to start putting all my knowledge and love for the sport into social media videos and look how far it's gone. Podcast is still here, TikTok's at 10,000, YouTube's close to 5,000. I mean, it's crazy. It's so crazy. And I'm so thankful and so blessed to have you guys just tune in every single week. Uh, we should have an episode out here for the Sonoma Fantasy Picks. It could be just me just because I'm going to be posting it early because I'm heading out to Sonoma. So hopefully I get to see you guys out there as that's one of my favorite tracks to go to. So super excited for that. But all guys, we're going to wrap up the episode there, guys. I've been your host, Vanilla Wafers, and I have been able to lead you to the front of the field. So why don't we grab that checkered flag, do some burnouts, and head on out. So you all take care. This has been the Fantasy Filler Podcast.